and that's and we're getting the curriculum all set up for that and getting things ready and uh so we will be uh we'll be set to go and uh that's going to be on that's going to be on wednesday evenings in in place temporarily in place of our wednesday night service uh and it'll be back in the back at the in the foundation in the foundations room all right so february 4th we're going to have prayer for the nation again we had prayer for the nation uh this saturday and it was wonderful it was powerful uh, our, our prayers availed much, and they made a difference, whether we see that right now or not. We know. <laughs> All right. So uh, February 12th, we're going to have a soup and chili fellowship right after the service. Uh, that, that's a Sunday. Okay. I didn't write them down. <laughs> right. Okay. So that'll be a Sunday, uh, and uh, and so that we'll... Yes, we'll get the details. We'll be coming on that. All right. So, man. All right. And then March 4th, of course, prayer for the nation again. Not that I'm making light of it. It is very important, and we need to do it. Uh, and then March 10th, youth camp deposits are due. Uh, so make sure that we get those in in plenty of time to mail them uh, so that they can receive them by March 10th. Gotcha. So you need them here so you can get them to on, by, on March 10th so that we can get them to them by the deadline. We, yeah, I got it now. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So our meditation for this week. Yay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Galatians. I'm glad God is is, is so overwhelming. <laughs> Anyways, Galatians 2:20 out of the Darby, uh, which is a slightly different translation than what we're used to hearing for this scripture. So I'll read it slowly. I am crucified with Christ, and no longer live I, but Christ lives in me. But in that I now live in flesh, I live by faith, the faith of the Son of God who has loved me and given himself for me. Uh, all right, so our confession, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live in bondage because Christ lives in me. I live in the flesh, but not by the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. He loves me and has given himself just for me. I'll tell you what, that is a powerful confession. That we, Any one of those sentences could stand alone as a, as a, as a confession. But altogether, that is really powerful. Definitely want to keep confessing that one over the week. All right, so our healing scripture for this week is Matthew 9, 2, uh, out of the Young's Literal Translation. And it says, And lo, they were bringing to him a, paralyt a paralyt paralytic laid upon a couch. And Jesus, having seen their faith, said to the paralytic, Be of good courage, child. Thy sins have been forgiven thee. Notice he didn't say, You're healed. He said, Your sins have been forgiven you. Of course, later on, he, because of the the, uh, the 
Pharisees, he, he said, rise up. But so, but a lot of times our healing comes from our forgiveness of sins. All right. So our confession, Jesus sees my faith. My sins have been forgiven. And I'm going to add on, and I am healed. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray for the service. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being here with us. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you that, that even though at times you are so overwhelming, you love us no matter what. You love us no matter what our sins. You love us no matter what our, our, our issues. We, you love us because you just love us because you created us and you, and you were your children. And like children, we love them even in their mess. But we expect them to do better. We expect them to, to, to learn to walk away from that, that mess and to not create any more messes. And Lord, you expect us to, to, to walk in your ways and do your commandments and follow them and to do the things that you've called us to do. And we, we so want to do that, Lord. We, and that's why we come, to learn how and to learn what we need to do, and to learn how to do it, and to hear from you and how to draw closer to you. And we thank you for being here and giving me and Robbie the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for here and now so that we can draw closer and we can walk away from our messes and we can go and sin no more. Lord, we love you, and we just want to do right by you. You loved us first, and we love you, and you loved us so much more, but we love you, and we want to... We want to we want to please you. Not because we're buying our way into heaven with our, with our works, because we know that our works can do nothing because you did it all. But our works show you how much we love you and we appreciate what you did for us. So Lord, we will do, our, do, we will do what you have called us to do. We will move into the things you have called us to do. We will become your disciples and not just people that have heard the word, but doers also. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this word, and we ask that you, you plant it on good ground, that it grow and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those that we come in contact with, because that is what you have called us to do. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. Amen. Wouldn't one of the disciples also stand up and do our confession together? I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen. I abide in Christ. I am holy 
and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Oh, Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Me too. Oh, yes, 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 yes.
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To you be all the honor, all the glory.
as we sing only to you, Lord Jesus, Father God, and to the sweet, sweet sound. Yeah. 
fall upon each one of us. Father, let your spirit fall and let the fire burn deep within to the out from the inside out, burning out. Father, burning out every sin, burning out every fleshly lust and desire. Thank you, Father God. Father, let your spirit let that fire, that Holy Ghost fire that refines. Father, we ask for that fire. We ask for your spirit. Father, it's already been poured out in the earth, but Father, we don't obtain it unless we ask. And so, Father, that's what we're doing. Yes, we're asking and we're requesting that your Holy Spirit come upon each and every single one of us individually. And that, Father, that your spirit, that that, that that cleansing fire, that refiner's fire is placed inside of us and begins to purify and begins to clean and begins to burn out the things of this world that are down on the inside of us. Father, for it is our desire to be with you as you would have us. Father, it's our desire for heaven on earth. Father, it's our desire to walk in oneness with you. And Father, as pastor, I know that our people, including myself, struggles with fleshy things. And now, Father, the things that some of us struggle with, most of the world would look, out, look at and say, that's not an issue. That's not a thing. That's... You're making, you're making heavy of something that doesn't even exist. But, Father, that's not true. Because your word says that we're to set our affections on you. Your word says that we're not to carry worry. Your word says that we're not to fear. Your word says that we're not to be consumed with the things of this world. Your word tells us to be transformed. But, Father, there's things that we hold on to. There's things that you've corrected us over, and we've said, mm, I'm not ready yet, Lord. And so, Father, there's things in each and every person that opens the door to the devil. And so, Father, we ask that your fire come upon us. We ask for the fire of the Holy Ghost to come upon us and burn out those desires, that you purify us with the refiner's fire so that we may walk worthy of you in full righteousness in this day and in this hour, so that we may carry the fullness of your power and your glory into this dead and dying world so that the harvest may come. Father, I recognize it. I see it, and we're going to discuss it. Father, we're blocking the power that we're begging you for because we will not lay down devilish things. And so, Father, I ask as we approach your word today, Father, give your people an ear to hear and an eye to see. Give them the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. Father, I, I, I already know by the spirit that we are going to just destroy some things in the flesh today. Thank you, Father. And, Father, I ask that you help our people to not be offended and not to turn away, but to turn towards you in a heart of true repentance. And Father, I thank you for your spirit being with us. I ask that you think through mine and Michael's minds, that you speak through our lips, 
that you use our, pen, our tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer. And Father, I place an, an, an expectation for the power of God to fall. Father, your word, Father, for the word declares that when the word is preached, there should be a demonstration of the power, which is why in this house we're a word and spirit church because, we're a, because we are the place where the power of God is revealed. And so, Father, I thank you for this strong anointing. I thank you for thank angelic you, assistance, giving us aid and giving us help and giving us assistance to get this word across and to help the people receive it. And Father, I thank you for that divine anointing this morning in Jesus' amen. mighty name. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen, 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 amen. But before you do love on somebody, because they're going to need a little love on the front side. <laughs> they're going to need a little love on the front side. Oh, namashikishadeh. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Well, thank you, Lord, as we... Thank you, Lord. Help us as we stir ourselves up, as we renew our minds with your word and prayer. Help us, Lord, to remember our first love, the, the love that we had when we first came to you. Help us to stir that up and to bring it back to the front, the love that you had for us from the very beginning and still have for us. But we have walked... Yes. We have forgotten... Lord, help us to, to renew that and to, and to stir that up, that love that we should have for you and for the things of you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, today we're going to talk about you have authority and God expects you to use it. You have authority and God expects you to use it. Uh, go to... Before we get too deep into this, because we're going to, well, we're going to follow the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's just go ahead and handle this right here. Now, when, now, there's rules to understanding the Bible. There's rules to, in, to interpreting the Bible. And if you don't follow those rules, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. You can make it say anything that you want to say, you want it to say, which is why so many people say, oh, my own nephew says, well, the Bible's ambiguous. It's open to all kinds of interpretations. I had to look that word up. He's smarter than I am in the natural but the Holy Ghost tells me how to get the answers. So it's open, and, I, and so the Lord's been dealing with me, and I'm fixing, to sit, I'm fixing to inform him that the Bible is not ambiguous by the Spirit. And, uh, but no, there's rules that you have to follow. See, these were 66 letters written over a few thousand years, that the, and every letter was inspired by the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a whole lot of writings out there from, uh, from biblical times and from the time of Jesus, but they weren't, and, and, and there's lots of writings, there's lots of letters, there's lots of historical documentation, but none of it was inspired by the Holy Ghost. 
And I'll tell you this right here, right now, up front. Some of it was inspired by devils and demons. And those devils and demons are trying to get you to accept it as lost or forgotten scriptures. Just a side journey. But, so one of the rules of interpretation is you have to go to the beginning of the thought or the beginning of the situation. Now, if you, uh, if you have a red letter Bible, your whole page is red. And the page next to it is red, which means Jesus is talking. If you're going to get to the beginning of what Jesus is talking about, you've got to back up all the way to chapter 5. You've got to read all of chapter 5, all of chapter 6, and then you can pick up in chapter 7. See, but a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just pick up chapter 7, verse 1, and they say this, and most of them don't even know where to find this in the Bible, but they're quick to quote it. Judge not, that ye be not judged. Judge not, lest you be judged. They'll look at you and they'll say, you can't judge me. Oh, baby, you're missing a whole lot of scripture. Let me just save us some time. What he's talking about here is he was talking, remember Jesus had not yet been to the cross, this is the gospel. So he was talking solely to the Jewish people, because they were the only ones available to enter the kingdom, and those in their Jewish households that chose to. So he was talking to the Jewish people, but what he was saying uh, the principles that he was teaching the Jews, because we are now part of the Jewish nation by faith, we're part of the kingdom of God by faith, so now we can take those same principles that he taught the Jews and apply them to our life. And here was the problem that the Jews were having. And basically Jesus was correcting a whole lot of behavior issues that they were having. And the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the very legalistic, because they were dealing with uh, religious spirits, let me tell you, there's religious spirits out there, religious demons, demons of, of religion. And these demons of religion like to get a hold of the minds of people and stir them to the point that, that, that religious people will bring destruction on one another. That's what they do. It was religious demons that influenced the children of the, that influenced the very people that laid palms down for Jesus and, and said, "Oh, hallelujah," and praised and said, "Oh, this is the Messiah." This is the very same people. Four days later, were were so stirred by religious demons that they were screaming. Crucify him, uh, crucify him, crucify him. See, religious demons will stir you, or religious spirits, because people don't like the word demons, but that's what they are. Uh, but religious spirits stir people to stir one another to destruction. So they had this problem uh, there in Jesus' time where the, the religious people were deciding who was worthy of God and who wasn't? That's what they were judging. They were judging, that's it, you're going to hell in our modern vernacular. They were looking at, the, they were looking at people's lives 
and they were they were looking at this one was drinking. They were looking at this one was behind on their taxes. They were looking at this one was mean and grumpy and a murder and a murmurer. They were looking at this one that was prostituting. They were looking at this one that was having sex outside of marriage. They were looking at this one who failed to wash his hands and bless his food because he was worked all day and was hungry. And they said, "You broke the law. That's it. You're headed for hell." That's not right. That's not right. And we today are not to decide if somebody is worthy of heaven or hell. However, however, we are to look at their lifestyle and look at their behavior according to the word and discern if, the, if according to, we are to look at, we are to look out to judge if their lifestyles, their behaviors are in line with God or against God. And if they're in line with God, then we can have great fellowship. And if they're out of line with God, then we need to hold the God standard for them and, tell, and, and teach them and show them that there's a better way. But we also have an obligation to keep a distance from them so that their filth doesn't get on us and cause us to be separated from God. See, we, sh we shouldn't be saying, well, if that's the way you believe, then that's fine. You're good to go. That's right. Because they're not. That's right. I so, mean, it, when, that, when, when we start doing that, that's when they start going, okay, cool. We're going to teach that to your kids. Right. And your grandchildren. And, 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 oh, and by the way, you're not allowed to say the name of Jesus anymore. And you're not allowed to do this. And you're not allowed to do that because you'd be offending us. Right. Well, here's the deal. I'd rather, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I would, I would rather offend somebody. I'd rather hurt somebody's feelings. I'd rather step right in the middle and just flat make them angry and give them Jesus than to just stand by and watch them go to hell and say, have fun, enjoy. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. Why? Because then their blood is on my hands. Even if I make it to heaven, I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus, and he's going to say, why did you help that person to continue in descent? Do you not know that they're in hell now, and they'll be there for all of eternity? Penalty. And not only that, but they drug a bunch of people with them. Right. Their blood is on your hands. I don't want somebody's blood on my hands. Listen, I'd rather be by myself in a cave than, and then help somebody go to hell. I would. See, the reason this country's in the mess it's in is because Christians have quit saying, that's wrong. Here, they, they, they've started saying, well, if it's, our, if it's right for you, then it's... If it's your truth, it's okay. If, if it's no, true no, no, for no, you, no, then, no, I, no, no, then no. Fine, that's fine. Just don't try, and, don't try and bring it on me. Well, that works for a time, but... Eventually, they're going to start trying to bring it on everybody. So he said, and I don't want to get stuck here. We could do a whole no. sermon on this. I don't want to get stuck here. But the point is, when he said, judge not, lest ye be judged, he wasn't talking about don't judge behaviors. He wasn't talking about don't judge lifestyles. He wasn't talking about don't say, don't, he wasn't saying you're not allowed to say what's right and what's wrong. Now, let's go on a little bit here, because they'll take this just a little bit farther. It says, for with what judgment you are judged, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured uh, to you. So if you're doing that sin, you better not be. 
going around trying to correct others. So you basically, correct yourself first. Now, basically, if I make the decision, I can use Derek as an example because he's grown up and matured enough that this isn't going to hurt his feelings. If I made the decision that I knew that Derek had some hidden sin in his life, and I made the decision, well, because you have that sin in your life, that's it, you're headed to hell. Then God is going to look at my life and say, well, you had that hidden sin, so guess what? You're going to hell. Bah! You, just, you decided to judge him worthy of hell? Well, by your standard of judgment, judge yourself. That's what it was talking about. Yep. That's what he was talking about. Now, here's the deal. Well, but, Pastor, uh, Christians are just mean, and, well, and some of them are because they're influenced by religious spirits. I'm just I'm going to be honest. There are Christians that are influenced by religious demons, and they're mean. Or they're broken, and they've never allowed Jesus to fix them, and they're mean. That's, that's the case. That's just the way it is. Uh, but... Here's the deal. Uh, let's talk about some of the very prolific sins in our nation right now. Very prolific sins in our nation. Um, I mean, they're making it legal in the states. It's still against federal law. Uh, but uh, no, in this one, I'm talking about uh, smoking weed, marijuana. You know, that, do you know that it's still against federal law? But many, many states are making it legal and okay. Well, here's the deal. It doesn't matter what man says. It matters what the Bible says. And the Bible says that if you take anything that intoxicates the mind, it's witchcraft. And those that practice that witchcraft habitually on purpose do not inherit the kingdom of God. Sorry. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. Now, I love them, and I'm going to do everything I can to help them and get them set free. Yep. I'm going to do everything I can to help them and set them and free. And you do that because you love them. And I'm not making... Not because you hate them. I'm <laughs> not making the decision if they're going to heaven or hell or not because only God can make that decision. Only God knows if they have light on that subject. Only God knows if they're completely deceived by the devil and they didn't have a clue. Only God knows that. All I can do is say, this is what the Bible says. Yep. And, and if, then all I can do is pray for them. Yep. And if they choose not to listen, that's not then it's not on us. Now, let's talk about the one that was mentioned, abortion. I have great sympathy for any woman that has had an abortion. And I, have, and I also have great sympathy for any man whose child was aborted, either because he basically said, you're getting an abortion and that's it, or he agreed and supported because, well, that's the wife, that's the lady's choice and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The devil's going to beat them over the head with guilt and shame because they're, at some point the devil's going to reveal to them, he's going to take the blinders off of them just enough for them to see, well, you actually murdered your child. And then he's going to beat them over their mind. I know of several accounts of people that have had abortions or, there, or men that were involved and had several children aborted, and they absolutely lost their minds over it because the devil convinced them to do it, and then the devil beat them up with guilt. 
So I have great sympathy for these people. And I will love them and I will help them to see that God loves them. I will help them to see that those babies are still alive in heaven and God has them right there at his throne and God's waiting on them to get there so that they can see their beautiful babies and have that fellowship that God intended them to have right there in the beginning. I'm going to do everything I can for them. I'm not going to look at them and say, you sorry murderer, you're headed for hell. No, because that's, we, that, that's not what we do. We love, that's what Satan does. No, no, no. I love them, but I'm also going to tell them the truth. I'm also going to tell them the truth because I want the lies to stop. Let's talk about um, alcoholism. Listen, that stuff will destroy families. It'll destroy families. It'll, uh, it'll destroy children when they're in the womb. I found out recently that they have discovered that uh, these young people that binge drink, you know, they don't drink during the week and then they do the heavy partying on the weekends, they binge drink. Uh, they have now found out, as I understand it, the doctor may correct me, but as I understand it, that binge drinking affects the eggs and the sperm and those children can be born with the effects of um, fetal alcohol syndrome years after they stopped binge drinking. Didn't know that. It brings on great uh, issues in people's lives. Uh, but again, that's intoxicating the body, and it's against God. It's intoxicating the body. It's against God. Uh, let's talk about the LGBTQ and the rest of the alphabet. And I don't say that to be derogatory. I say that because every time I turn around, they add a letter and I can't keep track. That's why I say it that way. It's because they add letters and I can't keep track. In Canada, listen to me, in Canada, they have, was it 104 or 106? It's either 104 or 106 legitimate legal genders for their people. And, 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 God and, said there's two. And their thinking's gotten so messed up that, okay, so one of them is furries. That's people that identify as animals. So what have they done now? In the classrooms, in the schools, they put litter boxes in there so that those kids With can use With a shield the over around them. In the classroom. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the teacher nuts. nearly lost her job because there was a child trying to do the whole litter box thing in her classroom. And she said, baby, we use toilets, not boxes. And she about lost her job over it. It's, it's becoming illegal to correct them. Those problems are happening in America. Uh, here's the deal. That is against God. That, that falls under the category of fornication. That falls under the category of lasciviousness. That falls under the category of uncleanness. Because God created the body to work one way. One way. Now, if you're, if you're having issues with that, or you're having thoughts with that, you're, you, you've behaved in, in, in that manner in some way, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with, an, with a demon that is trying to get a hold of you and come and live on, on the inside of you and control you. Listen, I have nothing but sympathy for you, and I can tell you how to deal with it. You have authority, and God expects you to use it. Even with the alcohol, even with the drugs. Here's another problem in our nation. Extreme anger, depression, murmuring, complaining, gossiping. Guess what? All of these things can be overcome 
by the authority that you have in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Smoking, drinking, cussing, murmuring, murmuring, gossiping, uh, uh, extreme fear, anxiety, overeating. Overeating is a big one. How much you know? Uh, not exercising. You know, uh, not not taking care of the body, the temple of God. These are all problems in our nation. Um, and the reason that the reason that people seem powerless to overcome them, even though they have the name and authority of Jesus, is for two reasons. Number one, they don't know that they have the authority. And number two, they 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 surrender to things in their life that block the authority. That, that block it. And, and I guess the third one is they don't use it. But, but there's things, so, so here's the deal. Believe it or not, the things that you watch block your authority. The things that you listen to block your authority. The things that you engage in that are, not, that, that are of the devil block your authority. In other words, I can't fellowship with the devil and then tell the devil, oh, get away. It doesn't work. Because he's going to laugh at you. I can't be failing to be a doer of the word and then bind Satan. Why? Because Satan's going to say, you're not following the word. I don't have to listen to you. Because he's going to follow spiritual law. And, and, and you cannot, in this natural world, decide, well, I like that spiritual law, but I don't like this spiritual law. Because Satan's not going to say, well, okay, a lot of people do this. Well, listen, I'm talking to you about God, okay? And we're talking, or you're talking to me about God, and you're telling me that I need God because I have some issues in my life. And I look at you and I say, oh, man, don't worry about me. Me and God's got a deal. Uh, how much you know? You and God ain't got a deal. The devil's deceived you. That's exactly right. He said, you got de- you got to deal with the devil. He said it exactly right. What you what you what you're in is you're a pack, you're in a pack with the devil because the devil has whispered that in your ear and you and you bought it hook line and sinker. You bought it hook line and sinker. But no, you have authority over these things. Um, I want you to go to Genesis chapter one. Now keep this in mind what we talked about about judgment because it's going to come back into play. Genesis chapter one. As we go here, I, I, I really need to stretch your thinking. The Lord needs you to stretch your thinking. You really need to stretch your understanding. You, you really are, you're you're going to have to. Uh, let's read uh, Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. <clears throat> let's read that. Put your eyes on it in your Bible. Genesis one, let's read 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So that word man, 
we could say mankind. God created mankind. And he created mankind in two genders, male and female. Why two genders? For procreation. Because, let's read verse 28. Go ahead and read verse 28. All right. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. Now that word replenish really is a better translated of fill, fill the earth, not replenish. Because it says replenish in the King James Version, a lot of people say, well, see, they wouldn't use the word replenished if there wasn't people here before us. Replenish. Now there is, the, the Bible does declare that there was a pre-Adamic race, that there was a race of something on the earth prior to uh, Adam. But it doesn't specify that it was mankind. It doesn't specify that it was. And if you look at verse 1, Genesis 1, 1, let's go to Genesis 1, 1. It says, in the, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, <clears throat> and darkness was upon the face of the deep. If you research that word darkness, the indication is uh, the one who brings destruction or the destroyer. The one who brings destruction or the destroyer. So there's a, the there's a theory out there that says that the, and, and the Bible very much so backs it up, says that the angels were dispatched to have authority and dominion over the planet or planets, and they left that job and went to establish a kingdom of their own. So there's a theory that, that, they, that the fallen angels or the demons were, were that pre-Adamic race. Is that how it is? I don't know. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But the indication is that rather there was a human, whether there was a human type race on the earth or rather there were angel type beings, fallen angel beings on the earth, the point is that darkness, destruction, the destroyer was on the deep, was, on, was upon um, the face of the deep or upon the face of the earth. And as you go through there, and it says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, that when you, when you dig into that, it, it basically shows that the, that the earth was flooded one time prior to the flood of Noah, that the earth was covered in water one other time. So, uh, so, so I, it's my belief that Satan was here before this because that's the, that's the indication of the scriptures can i prove it no does it make any difference in my life today or tomorrow no it's just a theory and god will let us know what actually is the account when we get when we get to heaven uh now go back to verse 28 go back to verse 28 because there was a reason and god blessed them and god said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Okay. So notice it said, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, we know this. We know that Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, were um, eternal beings. 
They were immortal. They were never intended to die. So if they're multiplying and they're never going to die and their children, their children are never going to die, uh, and they were, and, and, and if they were still alive today because they didn't eat of the fruit of the earth, do you think we might have a population overload? I mean, even currently with people dying, they're saying that earth is too populated. And I'm like, y'all need to get out of the cities and drive. I mean, seriously, you need to get out of the cities and drive. So, again, here's another theory. If the earth was to be overpopulated and they were immortal beings that at some point could move between the heavens and the earth or the planets, um, because they had a glorified body. So when we get called out of here, we're going to get a glorified body, and we're going to ascend up into heaven just like Jesus ascended up into heaven. You know, we're not going to... So, so is it possible that maybe all of the planets out there were originally designed? We know the earth has changed from the beginning. Is it possible that when the curse entered the earth, the curse also entered the universe? And that all of the planets were changed? We don't know. We don't know. These are theories, but, but my point is we were never meant to die. We were meant uh, to live for all of eternity. And not only were we meant to live for all of eternity, but uh, we were meant to have children. And our children were meant to live for all of eternity. And it said, he said, replenish or fill the earth and subdue it, which the indication, listen, if something is not, if there's nothing, if, if, if everything in the earth is perfect, which God said is very good, if everything is perfect and there's nothing to be concerned about, why do you need to subdue it? There's no need to subdue. But he said subdue, which is an indication that, there's something that we probably need to take authority over. And notice he said there's a, co there's a colon there which indicates what he just said is, is, directed to, is, is connected to what he's fixing to say. And he said, and have dominion. Dominion. That word dominion can also be translated authority. It can be translated as power. It's also translated as domain. It's your, it's, your, it's your place to protect and to control. Now, isn't it interesting that then he said, have dominion over, check it out, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Do what? The rooster. That rooster. That rooster, absolutely. What's he talking about here? What are you supposed to have dominion over? Fish, seas, fowls, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. He's talking about everything. But notice he puts an emphasis on the animals. Notice he puts an emphasis on the animals. What deceived Adam and Eve? Snake. A snake. A serpent. He was warning... He was warning mankind, there's an animal coming, and he's going to attempt to deceive you, so you need to take authority over every single animal. 
Guess what? In Corinthians 10, 5, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I knew she'd get it right. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, God said, take dominion, take authority, take captive every thought. He's telling us today that it's not the animal that's going to deceive, it's the thought. And therefore, you have to bring every thought into captivity. Every thought. Then you have to bring, and then, now he told us to take authority over some other places too. But notice he told us to have dominion. This was God's ultimate plan was that his children, his created children, were to rule and reign as, as the ultimate authority in the earth. Is that not what we just read? Yes. We were, we were created to rule and reign as the ultimate authority in the earth. Jesus came to, put, to restore the Father God's original creation. That's why he came. Yes, he came because he loves you. Yes, he came to set us free of our sins. Yes, he came to take the penalty of sin for us. But all of those things was to restore creation back to the original plan. That was the, that was the plan. That's why Jesus came. So, now... Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, I said when I started that segment, as you turn, that I need you to stretch your thinking. Because of our five senses, because of what we can see Think or because of what we can see, hear, touch, and feel, and smell, we are hyper focused on this natural world. But we just showed you that God. I just I just gave you a a very biblically backed theory, and it's a theory. I understand that that just perhaps we were meant for more than just the earth. We were meant for more than just the earth. And we know, everybody talks about it. Man, I can't wait to get my glorified body. I can't wait to fly through the air. We, we know, we understand that there is, that there's a next level, so to speak. And we can't wait to get there. But I'm here to tell you today, you're already at the next level. You're just too naturally focused to see it. You've got to see beyond. I used to tell the youth this all the time. Uh, you know, they like to use scientific names. More, you know, a dog is not a dog, and a you know, a dog is a canine, right? A cat is a feline. Uh, uh, <laughs> a cow is is bovine. Uh, 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 Pigs uh, are porcine. Right. So, right. But guess what? None of them. It's not a canine being. It's not a feline being. It's not a bovine being. Humans are the only one that are human beings. B-E-I-N-G. I promise I'm spelling it right. I had a long discussion with youth about it several years ago. 
Not being the ings, not B-E-E-N-E-I-N-G, and not B-E-A-N-I-N-G. No, B-E-I-N-G, a being, which that word being means spirit, spirit, which means there's something spiritual about us. And so if we are flesh and we are spirit, as our confession says we are, as the Bible says we are, then yes, we have a natural flesh side, but we also have a spirit side. And our spirit side can do things and go places that the flesh cannot because the flesh is corrupted. But when you come into Christ and you are born again, your spirit is no longer corrupted. Okay? Uh, um, people don't think, demonic, people that have served Satan, they don't think anything about telling you about how while they were in their worship and they were in service to Satan, that they would go into these trances and they would travel, they would leave, they would have out-of-body experiences, Astral and they would leave their, their being, would leave their physical body in service to Satan, and would travel through the spirit and attack baby Christians, and attack children, and convince children to kill themselves. Listen, if you have children, you better be on top of this. The devil is trying to trying to convince your child to take his life. The devil is trying to convince your child to take their life. And don't think, well, my baby, you know, my baby's, you know, five, six years old. They don't know what it means. Oh, those demons know. Those demons. We've had, we, we, we've, I mean, we've heard the testimonies of of one man who's now a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but he talked about how from the time he was a baby, he was raised to be the strongest uh, dark magic uh, warlord in his area. And he talked about how he would get his followers, his disciples, and they would go into these, these circles and these trances, and they would travel in the spirit to the orphanages. And, and, they, and, and he and his followers would go from bed to bed in the orphanages, whispering to the children that while they slept, get up, go to the roof, and jump off. And the children would do it. The children would do it. Just, just demonic stuff. But we as Christians, we say, oh, well, I can't wait to get to heaven until I have a glorified body. Listen. You can do things and go places, be carried into places um, in the spirit of God and do godly things. I'm going to say this the way uh, that I heard Brother Randy say it. Uh, Sister Rachel T. Fatiller, a mighty woman of prayer, got caught up in a trance. Uh, and, and traveled in the spirit to the Oval Office when Bill Clinton was in office. And God sent her in there in the spirit to sweep out from underneath the president's desk. And if you understand what occurred at that time, you understand what she was sweeping out. And she saw it in the spirit. So just like Satan worshipers can travel in the spirit and, and handle things, we can travel in the spirit and handle things. We said we had prayer for the nation yesterday, and it was extremely powerful. God wants his people, he, he wants you to know that you have authority, and he wants you to use it. 
I was standing at the pulpit and we were praying about the political situation and we were praying about the situation of the Speaker of the House because, you know, Miss Pelosi is out. And so we were praying about that situation because there's been so much just turmoil over it. And so I was praying and as I was praying, I saw the seat that she would sit in, in the spirit. In my mind's eye, I saw, I saw the chair. And, and, and the Lord said, that's, that's the speaker's chair. And, and, and then I, I, I saw in the spirit this shadowy figure standing. Is that get me a chair, please? Standing behind a chair. This, 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 just sit right there. This figure was standing like this, black shadow over it. Now, the chair that I saw had arms on it, and this figure had a hole. And I saw the hands. The hands were very demonic, long nails, weird colors, very demonic, something that you would see in a Hollywood movie, very demonic. And they, the, 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 this creature had a hold of this chair by the handles, and was leaned down close to about where an ear would be, and it was whispering and talking. That's what I saw in the spirit. That's what I saw. And I said, declared by the spirit, those, thank you, so those that were here heard me say, that's it, that's it, there's a demon in that seat. We've got to take authority over that seat. And as we began to take authority and command that demon to release and let go, as we were commanding it, I heard it growling. And I, heard, and I saw it clench that seat harder and faster. And I heard it growling like, you can't remove me. And then as we got into deep intercession, commanding that thing with authority to come out, I saw it starting to, his, his grip started to slip. And as it started to slip, he started to scream in agony. He was fighting with everything he could to keep that grip. And I, and I, and I thought, man, we got this thing licked. And then all of a sudden, the spirit said, it's going to take more time than you have today. He said, it's going to take more time than you have today. So at the end of service, I instructed our prayer people. I said, every time you think, and now this applies to you because you're now being taught it. I said, every time you think about the political office, because the demon, because the Lord said, he's not the only one. He said, he's not the only one. And he showed me that there were demons like this in the executive office, president vice president, cabinet members. He said, there's demons like this in the Senate. There's demons like this all through the Congress. He said, he said, instruct your people that every time they see something political, rather than murmur and complain, tell them to take their authority and command those demons to let those offices or those seats go. To let the offices or the seats. We're not dealing with the people we're dealing with the people, the principalities behind the people. I'm talking about you have authority. You have power. You were meant to rule and reign. When Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus defeated Satan in the pits of hell, he was in hell for three days and three nights. He was in the pits of hell. But while he was there, there was a, small, a short period of time. We don't know the exact time, but there was a short period of time that he was completely cut off from the Father and completely tortured by devils and demons because he had to pay all price. But then at some point, the Father said, 
that's enough. And when he did, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us through Christ immediately rushed because he hadn't been on he he was not yet dispersed to the earth he rushed from the from the throne room of god he rushed through the three heavens into the earth and through the earth down into the pits of hell and he went through the caverns of hell to where jesus was in that in that in that cell laying on the ground tortured beaten and battered full of sickness and disease on our behalf and the spirit reached went down and and fused his body quickened his body and healed him and made him whole and said you've paid the penalty get up i'm with you son the Holy Spirit spoke for the Father. And when Jesus did, when that happened, the, cell, the, the Holy Spirit busted the door wide open. And I, uh, uh, Reverend Ed Dufresne saw this in the Spirit, and it just resonates with my spirit. I believe it's 100% true. He said he saw, he saw the power of God go into Jesus, and Jesus got up. And this is the way he said it. He said, Jesus got up. And walked out of that cell and he took his long Galilean legs. In other words, he was a tall man. Took his long Galilean legs, walked right up to Satan and kicked him smack in the middle of his head with his heel and kicked him with such force that Satan flipped over backwards out of his, out of his throne. And then Jesus went over and stripped him of all his power and all of his authority and all of his might and all of his dominion. And he took the keys of heaven and earth back and he said, you're done. And all of hell saw it. And then he, I, I don't think Jesus stopped then. I think that uh, we think that Jesus taking the whip to the temple was a big deal. I think Jesus took the whip to every demon in hell. Because, because the Bible says that he paraded. He paraded his. He paraded uh, the prisoners of war before the Father God. Now, could he? Did he take the demons into hell? No, he didn't. I mean, into heaven? No, he didn't take them into heaven. He whipped them. And then, as we've talked about before, um, the, the the victory was inscribed into the train of his thro- uh, the train of his robe. And so he has this massive king royal robe that he wears and in that robe is the name of every demon that's been banished by christ in that robe is the name of every sickness and disease that's been banished by christ in that robe is every fear and every worry and every poverty that can come every curse that can come that name is engraved in let me tell you something covid is engraved in that in that robe every sickness Brother Richard, I'm telling you, that report that you have from the doctors, you turn around and you look at that robe and you say, uh-uh, Parkinson's, I see you in that robe and you know, you are whipped. I'm telling you, you just begin to declare it by the Spirit. I'm telling you, declare it. I've got such, oh, I told the Lord, I was in tears for you the other day. I told the Lord, it's not right that our man served the military and that this is his reward. Father, change it. Jesus change Lord. it. It's not right. It's not right. Do you know that every miraculous miracle that Jesus ever did came because of great compassion? Jesus went into that throne room of God, and God said, Son, it's done. And then not only did he do that, but then he took his precious blood, and he poured it on the mercy seat of God. And we think natural. 
We've got to think supernatural because he did all of that so that we can reign in this life as kings and queens. He did not do what he did so that we could have fellowship with sin and the devil. 1 Corinthians 6, 1, let's read. 6, 1. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Many Christians will go to unrighteous people to get justice instead of going to the Father or going to the brotherhood. And God said, don't you, by the Spirit of God said, don't you dare do that. You come to me, the righteous judge. You go to your brothers, the righteous judge. Keep going. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be, but I thought we weren't supposed to judge the world. That's why we started where we started. Do you not know that you are going to judge the world? We are the saints of God. Well, no, Pastor, according to my religious teaching, a saint is somebody that did a miracle and did this and did that. and blah, blah, blah. No, the Bible says that if you have received Christ, if you've received Christ and you're in Christ, you're a saint, you're not an ain't. You're a somebody. What are you? You are the chosen of God. Called to judge the world. To judge the world. Do ye, do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Listen, now here's when we're going to judge the world. Here's when we're going to judge the world. Let me explain this. After you go to the white throne judgment of Christ, then the world, those that don't have Christ, are going to go to the judgment seat of the Father God. But it won't be just the Father God. It'll be all of us. And we're going to sit in judgment with the Father. That's how we're going to judge the world. He said, if you being in Christ are going to have this power, might, and authority, why can you not judge small natural things? Come on. Listen. My young people do, will tell you. I haven't done this too much to the, to the older people. But my younger people will tell you. They'll get involved in something, and I'll look at them, and I'll start asking them questions. By the way, the church blessed Mr. Zach yesterday. The, the church did. Blessed Zach with a uh, godly shopping spree for his needs. Over Christmas, we had a donation come in to bless somebody in need for Christmas. And I had a family in mind. And I, and I had uh, somebody do some undercover work for me and found out, no, that family didn't need help. So then I got the brilliant idea and said, Lord, who's this money for? There's a, there's a plan. There's a plan. Why don't you ask the Lord? So I asked the Lord, and he said, hmm. He said, what's, he said who, according to my word, who is the church supposed to take care of first? I said, well, Father, they're supposed to take care of the church first. He said, is there not anybody in my house that has a need? I said, well, yeah, Lord, there's people in the church that have a need. He said, is there not a young man in my church that was serving the devil that's now doing everything right and standing on his own two feet? I said, yes, Lord, there is. He said, that money's for him. I said, well, praise the Lord. He said, in fact, he said, he said and I'm going to tell you right now, he said, that's not all the money you're going to spend. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
And I told Michael about it. He said, well, well, how much came in? I told him how much came in. He said, no, that ain't going to do. We're probably going to spend closer to this. And that's about what we spent. Because the Lord was already dealing with them. So, and I'm not making a plug for money. I'm not. I, I don't care. The church has it. The church does. But if you want to get in on the blessing, you can give an offering and just put on there, Zach, and we'll apply it to that. And, and then you just get to sow a seed into him. So, I wasn't going to say anything, but the Lord said, said it. So, how much do you know? You have to just, so, so we're going to, how much do you know? We're going to be, this is what the Holy Spirit's saying. The Holy Spirit said, you're going to judge the world. How can you not judge small matters? We're not judging the people. We're not judging whether they're worthy of heaven and hell. We're judging if their behavior is in line with God or not. He said, how can you, having my word, not look at the word and not be able to tell what's right and wrong? Now, I want you to know this. In my, in my, the Bible says that when you come into Christ, that the word is written in your heart. There, there will be a prompting on the inside. And so I started to say this. So we, ha we were with Zach all day yesterday, and we were, we were just, I was just, talking to him about stuff he was interested in, and my spirit began to deal with me. And I began to ask Zach some questions. And I said, he's not involved in anything bad at all. It's a video game. Who cares, right? God cares. God cares. And so I was asking him, you know, what's the character's name? What's the backstory? What's this? What's the powers? What's this? And as the, it was the conversation was proceeding, he said, Pastor, don't you dare mess this up for me. He said, don't you do it. And I said, and Michael said, no, you're just being mean. I said, I'm just obeying the Spirit. There's been many times that, I'll start ask, that I have started to ask Derek questions, and he'll look at me and he'll say, don't, don't, don't you do it. Just this morning, I had the conversation. Brian, what you, what are you doing? I'm watching a video. What you watching? Uh, she told me, and I said, uh, and she said, Pastor, don't do it. That's my job. My job is to point out the devil in your life to protect you. That's my job is to point out the, where the devil has a hold because, and it's to point out where the curse is open to you so that you can close the door. I'm, listen, I'm not looking to take away your video game. I'm not looking to take away your music. I'm not looking to take away your TV show. I, I like all those things. But God took it away from me. It's only, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. We got to make this a little bit lighter, right? I'm joking. But how much do you know these things block your power? These things block your ability to walk in authority. Just look at all the tears that are falling out there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit, yes. All right. Let that rain fall. All right. Come on, Lord. <clears throat> all right. Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Now, how much do you know? Everybody's like, ooh, my angel's with me. Ooh, oh, God, my angel. Oh, my. Listen. Listen. I am not Lord Jesus of hosts. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking disparagingly about your angels. Don't send one with a lightning bolt. <laughs> but here's the deal. 
we're higher than the angels. We have more power than the angels. If the angels are capable through the power of God of traveling to the heavens and to the earth, how much more should we be doing that? How much more should we be getting over into the Spirit? Listen, this young lady right here, I'm never going to let you forget it because the Holy Spirit would want you to remember it. This young lady right here in a, in a gymnasium on top of a mountain asking the Father for joy got overwhelmed with tears and needed a Father's, literally, I needed a Father's hug. Got Pastor Mike to her. And he stood there for 45 minutes and held her. And she's bawling like a baby. And Mike's going, uh, he's like, he's I like. I do something to keep my mind occupied. He's like, he's completely in the natural. And I'm going, stop it. You're distracting. Stop. Just, just, just love her. Just, just be quiet. Just let God work. Because he was being a distraction. And when it all got said and done, she described and explained that for 40 Five minutes, 45 minutes, listen to me, for 45 minutes, she was sitting on the, on the father's lap in the throne, and he was just holding her and comforting her and loving her and taking the pains and the hurts out of her, and she's had a joy unspeakable ever since. Now, yeah, her flesh gets all wrapped up from time to time, and her parents see the mood and the teenager moods and the hormones, but on the inside, there's been a joy that just, and the second that she goes, okay, God, that joy just comes bubbling to the outside. And I'm quite sure it's overwhelming. I'm sure. I'm sure. If, if, if she can do it in the gymnasium, well, according to Brother Randy, that might be, we might all need to go to the gymnasium and, and be in a Wednesday night service and just, and just ask God for joy, and, and, and then he'll just, you know, take us to the throne room. Uh, no, that's, but you know how Brother Randy preaches. Uh, you got to be on top of the mountain in the gymnasium in the second row, fourth seat in. You know, you got to be all in the spot. <laughs> oh, is it the right side? Okay. Okay, you just got to be in that spot. Uh, but how much, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is telling us we're going to judge the angels. Well, God, who am I? You're my child, and you're going to judge the world, and you're going to judge angels. So you might as well get used to deciding to decide. To, to, you, you might as well in this earth, listen. I'm telling you right now. Practice on the small things. You might as well start practicing now because what you don't get here, you're going to learn there. So if you don't want to be in pre-K, pre-K there, you might as well start doing the work here because you're going to learn it somehow. The Bible says that those that are faithful in the small things shall, shall be made rulers over much. Much. So the first place that you need to start is you need to start discerning the things in your life. Is this God? Or is this of the devil? Is this good? Or is this evil? Is this opening the door to Satan? Or is it opening the door to godly spirit? You need to start asking these things. Well, Pastor, I have a hard time figuring it out. Then pray this. Father, show me the evil of the world. Father, I, I have a hard time seeing what's devil. Father, teach me how to spot it. Now, I'm going to tell you by experience, because that was exactly the prayer I prayed. 
uh, you're going to be overwhelmed and overcome by the amount of devils and demons everywhere. I mean, it's to the point now I'm diving down the road and I go, pirate, pirate, there's a pirate. What am I talking about? Cars that have devils and demons as their insignia, their flag on their cars. Devils, there's a demon. You know you've got to be consumed with thoughts of devils and demons to stick a devil demon sticker on your car and think that it's cool and powerful. It's not. doesn't mean that you're demon uh, oppressed or possessed, but it does mean that your mind is on them at all times. All right, keep going. Somebody's ripping stickers off their car. I, I, I just hear it now. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Just ruin my sticker, Pastor. All right, so verse 4. If then we have or you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. If you, he said, so this is what he said. He said, if you then have judgments of things pertaining to this life, in other words, there's things that you're struggling to judge. He said, he said, um, set them to judges her who are the least esteemed in the church. In other words, he said anybody in the church should be able to tell you, oh, that's the devil. How much you know they can't? Or that's wrong. Or that's wrong. Well, that's not right. How much you know? You can't, somebody comes walking in here and says, man, I don't know what was with me, but I just had a cussing fit this morning. How much you know the brand new baby Christian ought to be able to say, that's uh, wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. That's wrong. Don't go to the world. The world will lead you. The, lead, the world will lead you right to the devil. They'll say if it feels good, just do it. <laughs> okay. Well, hell doesn't feel good, but okay. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes, uh, brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Here's what they were doing. They were taking, when there was, were people in Christ, we both believe in Christ, we're both following Christ, and instead of just checking with the Spirit and saying, okay, Holy Ghost, how do we do this? I would take him before the Pharisees, yeah, go to, the rulers of the law, and say, this is what he's doing, what's his punishment? Or, 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 the, or, or the, the Romans, or whoever was in right. charge, governmental-wise. That's right. That's what they were doing. They were instead taking him before of, the law. Instead of solving it brother to brother... Period, or, or, or going to your pastor and, and getting him to help mediate, they were taking them to court. That's right. Keep going. All right. Now, therefore, there, there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? I mean, if you're going to go take it to the law, then just, then just accept what was done to you. Basically, is what he's saying. Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? How much? He, he basically, basically, what he's saying is the way you're handling your issue is dumb. That's basically what he's saying. How much do you know? Listen, this is so funny and it happens all the time. Christian in the church has a pastor. Pastor loves him. Pastor's going to lead him the right way. Pastor's going to sit him down with the word and say, this is what the word says. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to handle it. But, well, I don't want my pastor to not like me and not love me, and I don't want my pastor to be ashamed of me, and I'm, I'm concerned how my pastor thinks about me. So let me go over here to the sinner that only knows Satan, and let me see what they tell me I ought to do. 
That's that's basically what they were doing. And he said, he said, if you're going to do that, why not just keep the wrong thing in your life? Because it's going to be what they're going to tell you to do is going to be just as as destructive. He said, if you're going to keep the destruction, he said, if you're going to go get help from the world, why not just beat yourself up? Just beat yourself up. That's what he's talking about. Christians need to come to the house of God to get help. Doesn't mean that we won't lead you somewhere else because sometimes we will because that's what the sometimes the Lord will tell us they need medical they need medical care. Okay, well let's handle the spiritual side and then go to this doctor and get natural help. Honestly, I'm just I'm struggling with depression and anxiety. Okay, let's handle it from the spirit side and go get the natural help. Go get the medication. Go get or the get help. Some counseling. Go 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 Still get a counselor. Before we go to medication. Yeah. All right. Whatever the, you know. Verse 8. Nay, ye do wrong and defraud, and that, and that your brethren. So you're defrauding yourself and your brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen, if you have active sin in your life and you're hiding it, you're deceiving your brothers and sisters. Have you ever been in the church and you think that there, everything's going good and then all of a sudden that somebody that's in the church that you love and you have fellowship, all of a sudden they're gone and they're like deep into sin? It didn't happen overnight, honey. They just got so deep into it, they couldn't hide it anymore. Yep, and sometimes their friends were hiding it for them. Right, and therefore they've been defrauded. You've been defrauded. Keep going. Know ye not, that, well, they, they hide it because they don't want to judge. Right, they don't want to be judged. All right. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it says fornicators, idolaters, people that worship false gods, um, adulterers, that has to do with sexual sin in a marriage, and effeminate, that means having unnatural affection, abusers of themselves with mankind, that means that you're suffering uh, physical abuse at man's hands. But I want to look at this word fornicators, because a lot of people assume that the definition of fornicator is sex outside of marriage. That is not the definition. Yeah, don't use Clinton's definition. That is not the definition. This word fornicator means to prostitute one's body to the lust of another, to prostitute. If you're prostituting yourself, you're selling your goods to satisfy the flesh. Street prostitutes, they're selling their body to satisfy the need that their flesh has for money. That's prostituting. Uh, how much do you know? You can prostitute yourself. You can sell yourself. I'm not being mean. I'm not being ugly. But people do it all the time. They pro single people will prostitute themselves to have somewhere to live. They'll give away the sex if if uh, if it'll mean that they can get a nicer house or a nicer car or they can uh, do things. Uh, but you can but you can even prostitute yourself without sex, you can prostitute yourself uh, to your job. You can work your body 
uh, into destruction so that you can uh, get that paycheck. And there's a spiritual side to this as well. Yeah, well People will prostitute themselves for a little bit of joy yeah. in their life because they, they're, they're missing something. They're, they don't have that joy that comes from being right. a follower of Christ. They, 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 they're given away, they're, they're basically given away their joy in order to get that momentary joy. It's, and, it's, and it goes to spiritual things. It's, it's, it's spiritual, not just physical. Right. Um, to give oneself to unlawful sexual intercourse. This includes bisexualism, homosexuality, uh, illicit sex, uh, sex with animals. <laughs> this is the, all these things are included. Giving oneself to unlawful sexual intercourse, um, any form of inappropriate uh, uh, sexual action outside of marriage, um, and 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 even in marriages, because this is this is how a lot of and I'm not trying to be ugly, but this is how a lot of homosexual couples get around it is they say, oh well, we're married, so it's not inappropriate. No, the style of, of intercourse that you're having is still against the law of God. That's how in their mind they get around it. I'm not trying to be rude, but we need to understand this because we need to be able to give people answers. Now, Jesus told us that if we just think about these things, if we just think about the, the if, if we just lust, if we after. lust after it, we might that we've that we've committed it already, That's even right. though we haven't done anything physically. That's right. So now the Lord's been, and this is, the Lord's been working on me with this, not necessarily not the, the not, not the sexual side, but th that goes for all all these sins. You know, yeah. if you're if if we're if, if we're, we're consuming our brain with it, if is we're, the way if, to say it. If we're thinking about it, if we're if we're if we're Resting in our thoughts. Let's put it that way. Because it's not a thought entered your head and boom, I'm, that's it, I'm guilty of adultery. It's not that. It's that it consumes your mind. Right. Consumes so, your so mind. Think about it this way. Um, and I didn't do this, but but there, there, so Game of Thrones came out. And a lot of people watched it because they like sci-fi and fantasy and that kind of stuff. But then they saw the other stuff that was in there. And right. then their minds became consumed with that. Right. And and then they and then that right there they might as well have done it. That's right. You know, and it's, it's so the things we look at, the things we pursue, the things we read about, the things we listen to can do these same things. Yep. So right. so what you have to pay attention to what you're watching, what you're because those things block those, your power and authority. They block your power and authority, and they 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 they, they you, it, you're committing a sin. That's right. I mean, let's, let's, it's, we got to move on. I, I'm sorry. I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, let's finish. I know. We've got 10 minutes. Okay. we got 10 minutes. And, and, and we, can't, we can't drill this all, we can't drill all of this in, but we've got to get the rest of this chapter read because I believe it's going to make the point for us. Okay. So where were we? Um. Verse 11, but I need to finish reading this because it goes directly with what you were saying. Oh, gotcha. Metaphorically, it is to be given to idolatry or worship of other things or other gods, to worship idols. It means to permit oneself to be drawn away by another into, ideolo into idolatry. So anything that pulls you away from God, 
and pulls you into worshiping that thing, spending your time on it, spending your money on it, spending your focus on it, putting it before God can fall under the category of fornication. A lot of times we read these words and we don't fully understand the definition and we go, well, I'm not having sex outside of marriage, so I'm good. But you're watching sex outside of marriage on TV all the time. Even if they're not doing it physically, they're they're talking about it and they're right. They're they're basically worshiping it, idolizing it. Right. Um, and it, and like, again, it doesn't always have to be sex. It can be jobs. It can be all kinds of things. But let's keep going. All right. Uh, verse eleven. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now here's the deal. Because people will take this scripture and make it say whatever it wants. What it, they can say, see, I've been set free. I can do anything I want. Well, yeah. I could go rob a bank if I want to. But how much do you know? I'm going to pay the consequences. Absolutely. I'm going to go pay the consequences. I'm going to get caught, I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to go to prison, and then uh, if I don't repent and get right with God, if the guilt and shame prevent me from repenting, um, then I'm going to give an account to the Father. And if that guilt and shame and being in prison, because now you're in the house of devils and demons, uh, there's a good chance that I'm going to get over to the point that I'm going to reject God. I'm going to follow fall the, the consequences are going to come this is why we can't be light-hearted about it's just a show it's just a game it's just a thought no we can't be light-hearted about these things because if we're light-hearted about these things um then we're, we're we're opening the door to destruction let's keep going all right meats for the belly and belly for meats but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise us up, or, uh, up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid! What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doth without the body, or is what does is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Right. What know ye not that your body is the the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So basically they're saying, if you wouldn't do it in church, don't do it in your body. Well, they're saying something a little more than that, but yes, that's, that part applies too. They're saying this. They're saying what you take part in in your physical flesh, you are also forcing Jesus to take part in because he's part of you. 
true. So if you are sinning in your physical flesh, and they're, they're, they're using the extreme of this. They're using uh, the, the fornication. They're using the extreme. If, if, if you're fornicating in your physical body and, and you're yet one with, with Christ, then you're making Christ one with that fornication. In other words, you're basically saying, Jesus, the price that you paid doesn't matter. If, you are, if you're cutting your flesh, you're cutting the flesh of Christ and saying, well, you striped once, you can be striped again. If you are degrading yourself, looking in the mirror and saying, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, one eye is bigger than it, whatever, you're degrading the, the body of Christ because God created you. And that's what the devil wants us to do. The devil wants us to degrade ourselves because he wants us to degrade Christ. But what God wants us to do is God wants us to walk in our God-given authority and shut these things down. He wants us to shut these things down. Um, I want you to go to... So, in that light, so, so we're, good, we're supposed to work, walk in our authority, and part of that is... We're going to be judges, right? right? Not that we're judging the world right now. No. But eventually we will. But the first thing you got to do is judge in yourself. That's right. That's why we're talking about all these sins and stuff. If you're not, if you're, you should be able to look at the things that you look at. Look at, listen to the things you listen to. The things you see, you should be able to judge for yourself whether that is right or wrong. That's right. Now, let's go, I'm going to go through these verses very fast because we know these verses. I'm going to go through them very Where fast. Oh, Acts, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You're writing notes. You might just want to write them down because and, and, I'm going to go quick. Um, Acts chapter 1, and, and these are the words of Jesus. Uh, he said, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into, your, put into his own power. Verse but, 7, by the way. Yeah, verse 7. But ye shall receive power... That word power is dunamis power. That, mean, that word power is the word that we uh, use to get the word dynamite from. This is mountain moving power. You shall receive power. And remember earlier I said that word dominion is often translated as power. Um, you shall receive power, authority, dominion, mountain moving dominion, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses into both Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to all the, far, the outer parts of the earth. In other words, once you've received the Holy Ghost, the power of God in you, uh, the authority of God in you is there. It's, it's there right now. Now I want you to go to Matthew chapter 28. The last page of Matthew. Matthew 28. We're going to go right here to the end of Matthew 28. And verse 18. And verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power, all authority, all might, all dominion is given to Jesus. But Jesus is fixing to do something with that power, might, and authority. Let's read it. And, of course, this is after he's been raised from the dead. Correct. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, 
I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So Jesus, who has all power, is not only with you, but in you, and he's commanded you to take that power, to take that authority, to take that dominion to the outer parts of the earth. So we are carriers of the power of God. This is why we have to keep our bodies clean of sin and clean of fellowship with devils and demons. Go to Mark chapter 16, the last book of Mark. And verse 15. Got it. And he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The new born again creature and the not yet born again creature. Every creation preach the gospel to everything. We should not be afraid to speak the name of Jesus in public. Listen, the world's not afraid to, pre to say the name of Satan. We better, get, we better get used to saying the name of Jesus in public. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth shall not shall be damned. Now notice, I want you to, under, if you're here, underline that, he that believeth. If you believe in Jesus, if you are actively using your faith in Jesus, then these signs are going to follow you. If you're not believing for the signs, if you're not believing that Jesus is with you, if you're not using your authority, these signs will not follow you. You have to actively believe that you can, that you can and are doing these things. All right. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Underline it again. Twice he said, believe, have faith. Now here's that thing. Believe, have, have trust and confidence. Have trust and confidence. In my name shall they cast out devils. Hmm. Casting out them devils, that's where you need to use your authority, might, power, and dominion. The first place that you are going to cast devils out is in your own life. In your own life. When sickness comes, you cast it out. When, when that first little sign is sniffle shows up, when, they, when, they, when the pollen report pops up on your phone, you don't say, oh, here, come, here comes the bronchial infection, here comes the sinus infection. No, you say, I am covered in the blood of Jesus, and no sickness and no demon in hell can touch me. Amen. You are expected to use your authority. You are not expect, God does not expect you to receive the devil's package. How much do you know if the devil showed up at your door with a whole bunch of nasty sickness, do you think you'd open the door to him? No. No, you'd be like, uh, no, take that, no, I ain't fine. Well, here comes the, the devil, you have to sign for the devil's packages. Do you know that? Have you, ever had a, have you ever had a package delivered and they said, and you said, oh, here. They said, no, you've got to sign for it first. Guess what? The devil can put no packet, no sickness, no disease, no curse on you until you sign for it. But guess how you sign for it? You interact with him. You will see, oh, here comes the sickness. Oh, here comes the curse. Oh, here, let, I know, Lord Jesus, I know that's not good, but I just need some entertainment. You just signed for the package. Lord Jesus, I know that that's not a good person, but I just need a friend. You just signed for the package. Lord Jesus, I know that they, I, I suspect that that contractor is going to rip me off, but I don't have a choice. You just signed the package of being ripped off. 
You have to sign for the package. So don't do it. How do you not sign? In the name of Jesus, get out. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, you Amen. foul demonic spirit. Jesus gave you his power, and he expects you to use it. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If you're a believer, you bet you're supposed to be praying in the Holy Ghost. That's how you're going to keep the devil at bay. You're going to keep, you're going to quiet him by speaking in tongues. You're going to bring your flesh under control by speaking in tongues. Because if you're, your flesh is surrendered to the Spirit of God. Yep. And that's when the Lord will speak to you. All right. Verse 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they, if. If they drink any deadly thing, not saying that they should go around drinking deadly things, but if they, and here's the deal, things that intoxicate you, they do that because they're poison to your body. Right. They're poisoning your brain, killing brain cells. That's why you get intoxicated. That's right. You're not supposed to drink any deadly thing. Right. You're supposed to not, if you drink any deadly right. thing, it won't harm you. Basically. But, but this you should not just go doing that and tempting the Lord your God. That's right. And this does not mean you go pick up snakes. There are no snakes in this house. None. In fact, we cast them out every time we come through the door. Father, no devil and demon. The Father has had to start declaring that this house is a demon-free zone. Amen. No demon. When people walk in the door, if they're under the influence of devils and demons, when they walk through that door, that demon will hit that door and not be able to enter. The person will be able to enter, but that demon will be held restricted and unable to function in that person. We are a demon-free zone. They got gun-free zones? No, we don't have gun-free zones. We have demon-free zones. Because we are exercising our authority. What it says is they shall take. It says they shall take up serpents. What that means is that we will not bow down to the devil. It means that if we're traveling and we're going, if we're if we're going about the Father's business and we come upon some type of devil or demon, we'll handle it in His name. That's what it means. If we're traveling and we accident and some weapon that is formed against us comes and, and hits an attack against us, it means that we will not be damaged. That's what it means. All right. And the last thing on there is they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're to be laying hands on people. We're, now, now, listen. Now, don't do this. Don't just see somebody sick in a Walmart, run up to them, lay hands on them, be healed in Jesus' name. We're going to get a bad rap. Don't do that. You do that, I'll disown you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, don't do that. But if the Holy Ghost is stirring on the inside and the Holy Ghost says, hey, I want you to go pray for that person. Humbly, Father. I believe you told me to go pray for that person. Father, I'm going to go, but if I misheard you, put up a stop. Don't let me get to them. Something. And then you get over there and you say, excuse me, I don't mean to, to make you uncomfortable or anything, but I, but, but, but I saw that you're in pain. I saw that you're in ailment, and, and I perceived in my spirit that maybe I, or you don't even have to say it. You can just say, I know, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And if they say, no, I don't want prayer, say, okay, well, okay, not a problem. 
you know, you know, hope you feel better. Have a great day. By the way, Jesus loves you. And turn around and leave. If they say, yeah, you can pray for me, uh, but how about not here? Like, just at, your, at home, you pray for me. Okay, well, can I get your name? You know, can I, so, so, so I can pray for you by name? If they say, well, yeah, go ahead and pray. Buddy, if they give you the door, man, you better with all faith pray with everything in you. And let faith say, Father, you told me, so I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting the power to be revealed. Listen, when I pray, when I lay hands on somebody, I don't believe for the recovery. I'm just telling you right now, I do not believe for the recovery. I believe for the manifested miracle of God to take place in that moment. And if it doesn't take place in that moment, it's okay because I know the recovery's been granted. Amen. I just place the demand on God. Father, we'll take it now. We'll take it now. So, see, Jesus gave us this authority. Now, now uh, let's go to James, James chapter uh, 4. James chapter 4. We all know this. We know these scriptures. I've lost James. It's towards the back. Right? <laughs> Come on. James 4. Go ahead. If you're there, right. go ahead. So, submit yourselves. Uh, it's seven, verse seven, 7 and 8. Sorry. Verse 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, which means draw close to him. And he will draw nigh to you. He'll draw close to you. If you want God to be more in your life, then you have to to get more of him in your life. That's right. More God, less devil. More God, less devil. More more uh, heaven, more spirit, more spirit-minded, less earth, less world. That's what we got to do to get to where we can walk in this type of authority. So he says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And purify your hearts. Where are you at? I'm on oh, verse 8. Did you read verse 7? Yeah. Well, I well, missed me, it. I'm sorry. I'll start again for you. I need verse 7. <laughs> Submit, Submit yourselves, yourself. therefore, to God. Submit yourselves. When you know, listen to me, when you know what you're watching is against God, you're not submitting to God. Amen. When you know you're listening to secular stuff, you know you're not submitting to God. When you're hanging around people that you shouldn't be hanging around, you know you're not submitted to God. When you're listening to people that you shouldn't be listening to, you know you're not submitted to God. When you're spending time watching filth, you know you're not submitted to God. And I guarantee you, because it happens to me, my spirit says, what are you doing? There's a prompting in you. If you're not responding, the devil has wide access to you. Amen. Submit yourself to God. When the when this when you go when you the you know I think maybe I ought to read my Bible, honey. I got news for you. That's not your flesh or your soul. That's your spirit. That's your spirit. Go ahead and do it. And you need to decide. Okay, come on, buddy, you're going. But and, every and time you when, say. I'm not going to go read my Bible. You just gave your flesh and the devil more power and God less. So, so when your mind says, oh, maybe I ought to read my Bible, you might as well go ahead and submit, submit. to the God and do it. Submit. You want to know why you lost in the mess? Because you're not submitted. So the next line says, resist the devil. How do we do that? With the authority of Jesus' name. We right. tell him no. That's right. When the thought comes, you're ugly, you're stupid, you, you're, you ain't got no money, you're sick, you're going to die of this thing. When that thought comes, submit yourself unto God. Speak to the devil. 
stand in your authority. No time did Jesus ever, when the devil came against him, not a single time did Jesus ever go, okay, devil, I'll let you have this one. He never did that. Nope. He spoke to the devils and demons every time. And we're an extension of Jesus. If we're not speaking, then Jesus is not speaking. He's already done everything he's going to do. The authority, the power, the might, and the ability is in you. Well, I just can't do it. No, you won't do it. The responsibility is on you because Jesus would not tell you to have the authority and to use it if you were incapable of using it. The fault is yours. The fault is not your pastors. The fault is not your mamas. The fault is not your daddies. The fault is not any person other than you because you refuse to stand in your God-given authority. You are refusing God and you are submitting to the devil. Now let's reverse that. Submit yourself to the devil, and God will flee from you. I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to do that. Let's reverse it. Submit yourself to the devil, and God will flee from you. Boy, that that hand of well, he loved, but but God will always yeah, he's gonna love you. But if you decide that you want to go after the devil, he'll let you. All right, so draw nigh nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Get it right in your heart. This isn't a head thing. This is a heart thing. Get your spirit bigger and stronger than your head and your heart. I'm telling you what, you can live. I'm telling you by a living testimony, you can live in total control of your flesh. Am I perfect at it every time? No. But I'm telling you, I don't have a wild, crazy mind like I used to. I don't have New York running in my head 24 hours a day, 375. I don't. There's a lot of times that my mind is quiet and at peace. Why? Because I've submitted to God and resisted the devil. Because every time the devil said some stupid lie, I told him to shut up and get out. I'm telling you, I'm standing in the pulpit and the devil brings stupid disgusting thoughts to my brain. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm being as clean and as nice as I can be. The devil, listen, the devil will bring back nasty, disgusting thoughts to your mind. And then he'll tell you, he'll pop that thought in there, and then he'll immediately say, see, you're not a child of God. Look at how you think. You nasty, dirty thing. And he, I hadn't even responded to the thought. And the guilt and the condemnation is right on the tail of it. The second the thought comes, the second my brain goes, oh, that was a nasty thought. The, I don't even say that. I, the second my brain recognizes it, I immediately speak out of my mouth. I immediately say out of my mouth, you foul, disgusting spirit, get out of my head right now in Jesus' name. And then I begin to sing praises onto the Father God. Y'all want to know why sometimes I just burst out singing for no particular reason? It's because I'm dealing with the devil. I'm dealing with the devil. I'm, I'm submitting myself to God. I'm shutting down the, the stupid, nasty thoughts. Because she's not, she's not suddenly singing bump and grind music. She's singing praises unto the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. But I'm telling you what. I didn't get to where I am by saying, well, someday... Put my head in the sand, and someday it'll all just work out. No, honey, the devil had eaten my lunch for 27 years, and it was time to eat his. Now, now, now here's the deal. 
Jesus wouldn't have told us to go and sin no more if it wasn't possible. That's right. And, and how does he know that it's possible? Because, I mean, he, he did it himself. He did it. He, he, and, and people say, oh, well, he was Jesus. He's the only perfect one that ever was. But, but he, he came down to heaven, or oh, from heaven, to earth as a man and had the same temptations as we did. If he wasn't tempted the same as we were, then it wouldn't have done any good. And here's the deal. He, he, he had no more power or authority than we do right now. Actually, he had less. Because from the age of zero to the age of 30, he had no Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. And if he can do it, we can do it. He's to be our example. We're supposed to be like him. And how do we do it? We, we take authority. We use his, we, one, we tell, we tell the devil, no, we're not going to do that. We make up our minds, right? We can, we can, yes, we've all failed. We've all sinned. But we could make up our minds right now in this very moment that we're never going to sin again. And it we can that do particular it. particular sin. That's right. We can do it. That's right. We'd have to stand against the devil every day of our lives and never sin again. But we can do it. And, yeah, sometimes it'll be tough. But you know what? You'll That's why we the have the authority. That's why we have the authority. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us so that we wouldn't have to do it anymore. That's right. Glory to God. We can do it. There's, there's none of this, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace and I can't help but sin. No. Why would he say, go and sin no more, if that was true? You have authority over your flesh. You have authority over your mind. You have authority over your thoughts and feelings. You have authority over this earth. You have authority over that stupid rooster. You have authority over the, the traffic around you. You have authority in and, through, in and around your realm. Now, I can't, I can't enter your realm and exercise my authority because it's your turf. But if every Christian would exercise their authority within their realm of influence, the devil would leave this land. But we've got to use the authority that we have here and now. And Jesus expects you to use it. And yeah, I know it's hard. We're living in a cesspool. <laughs> Look around. We're living in a cesspool. But we don't have to drink the water. Glory to God. In fact, God gave us God, the, living water the living water that we could drink instead. Glory to God. Don't drink the water out there. That's right. Turn away from it. That's right. Come into Christ. Glory to God. Well, <laughs> glory to God. We have authority and we are going to use it. And don't feel like I'm just talking to the people in this room. That's I'm right. talking to myself. That's right. And I'm talking and to the people, people on the Internet. That's right. Glory to God. We, uh, we have the victory. We have overcome. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you right now, we've got authority over the rain. Mike and Zach is my witness. We were driving to Chattanooga, and I mean it had come down. And I said, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for wide open spaces in front of us, behind us, on both sides of us. There'll be no hazards in the way. And I command this rain to not be a hindrance or a problem. And in fact, it can just stop in Jesus' name. And within moments, it stopped raining and did not rain another drop until we were home. Yeah, we stopped like five minutes later because uh, I had to go in the restroom. And I come back out and I said, hey, y'all. And they said, what? I said, did you notice it ain't raining? They said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, we got authority. Glory to God. Well, tithes and offerings, 
Praise the okay, Lord if our ushers will come. Can I get an envelope? Glory to God. Uh, uh, when you give your tithe, when you give your offering, take authority over the devil. Take authority over your finances. Tell the devil to take his hands off of it. Tell the angels to go get it. Remind the Father that because you serve him, you are blessed and highly favored, that he supplies all of your needs. Now listen, you can't claim a million dollars if you've never believed for ten. But you can, and the Bible doesn't promise every believer a million dollars. What the Bible promises is, is that you will be abundantly supplied according to the Father's riches and glory. That's what he, that's what he has promised. And so that's what you declare, and that's what you receive. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we stand in our authority. We take our authority. We submit ourselves to you, and we resist the devil. And, Father, I didn't even read the scriptures that talked about that what we bind on earth is bound in heaven in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. But, Father, we have the authority, the power, the might, the keys of the kingdom, as Jesus said, to bind every evil work. So, Father, we bind Satan. The God of this world, off of our finances, of every type, off of our investments, off of everything that we have that brings an increase. And, Father, we command him to release those funds and turn them over to us. And then we command the angels, according to the word, to go and minister on our behalf and bring the finances in exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And, Father, I can think big. And, Father, I thank you that every person is supplied according to your riches, according to your glory, according to your provision in heaven. Father, we thank you that financially we have heaven on earth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen and amen. Father, we thank you for the seed we've sowed. You can serve the people. We'll be back tonight. Uh, we've got healing school, prayer and healing school at 6. Some of us will be here uh, at 5 for prayer. Uh, now, we ain't going to get here more than a few minutes before 5. <laughs> uh, I got to rest. Preached hard today. Got to rest. Uh, but uh, we'll be here a few minutes before 5. We'll hit the ground running with prayer uh, for about 30 minutes or so. And then set the atmosphere. And then at 6, we'll preach the word again. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, so we'll see everybody then. Glory.